in this episode of Consider This, uh, we have a newcomer into the studio. You'll, uh, I think, enjoy hearing our brother, uh, Anthony. Anthony is uh, Anthony Butler has been a part of our congregation for a while, was uh, in our college ministry, and so he's not on staff, but we really appreciate his love for God and uh, uh, his desire to be obedient to Christ and uh, definitely his love for the Word. And so when we were thinking about this, we thought he needs to be in on it. I also got Justin uh, back in the studio and Ryan. Um, uh, we are going to be talking about the Bible and particularly some questions in terms of its nature, uh, can it be trusted, and how it uh, works out authoritatively in our lives. Uh, we hope this uh, episode will be both a challenge and a blessing to you. Welcome to another episode of Consider This. Uh, we are glad that you're here because the topic is important. Last Sunday, I was preaching from the book of Acts, if you guys remember. Do you remember? Yes, yeah, yes, book I do. Good book. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're in the middle of it. And it's it's amazing how much the Luke goes back and he points out these mm. things had to happen because yes. they were in the scriptures. This is what we find in the scriptures. It keeps going back to that. And uh, when Paul is arguing in both Thessalonica and Berea, he goes back from the scriptures that the Messiah must. And so our whole time today is going to be talking about what we believe about the scriptures. I had a number of people talk about the timeliness of the message or, um, man, I needed to hear that specifically uh, because there's lots of competing the authorities that mm-hmm. exist in our lives mm-hmm. and to be Christian at least our understanding of that I mean just to kind of let the uh, uh, kind of the conclusion out a little bit early <laughs> we believe in the Bible yeah. uh, rather rather strongly yeah. so that's that's kind of the way it's going to go so the the first question that I want to ask you guys is um, what do you believe about the Bible does anybody want to kind of jump into that in terms of its nature mm-hmm. and, and particularly it's I guess it's authoritative nature um, I, I can tell you what um, it, this this might help just get some topics on the table we teach um, when you come through our membership class or through our um, our catechesis or basics matter program we teach the we believe these five things about the Bible they are not the only things but yeah. we believe these five yep. things about yep. the Bible yep. um, we believe the Bible is true mm-hmm. and that is a that is a very wide way of talking about the inspiration, which I'm sure we'll get to in a second. Uh, we believe it's necessary. Mm-hmm. We believe that God had to reveal himself in order for us to know him. And and that primarily comes through the scriptures. If you were walking around Palestine 2,000 years ago, you could have had a different kind of revelation. But for us, it's encapsulated in scriptures. Sure. We believe it's clear. And and, I, and and the the fancy term for that is that it's perspicuous. But we will... Um, we will the fancy word. Oh yes. Yeah. So I just go with clear because the I perspicuous friend, is not very perspicuous. Your, I bet your friend Anthony loves the perspicuity. I of do scripture. love the perspicuity of scripture. <laughs> um, so it's 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 clear, which means it is intelligible to the the everyday yeah. Joe. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of pushback on that. Uh, nevertheless, we believe it's true. We believe it's unified. We believe the Old Testament and the New Testament are one in the same revelation from the same God, and mm-hmm. that they are not in contention with one another. One doesn't override the other; it fulfills it. Um, what is I've said true, clear, authoritative, authoritative. We believe that it's binding. That what it what it it, it, it kind of has the the uh, the last word, yep. so to speak. Yep. Um, 
And I think it's that five. That's five. Okay. That's five. I've been counting. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, th- that's not a that's not an sure. exhaustive list, sure. but it's a very good starting point. These are very important ideas that we hold true about the scriptures, and so to answer your question, so do I. Yeah. Okay. Well, Anthony. Yeah. As far as the nature of scripture, I think it's important. Um, I've been reading. I was telling Ryan the other day. I've been reading. Um, Inspiration and Authority of Scriptures by B.B. Warfield for four years, because <laughs> I only read it um, when I go out Well, to who's not reading late 1800 Presbyterian <laughs> I, I had that professors book on my from shelf, Princeton University? And I just thought, the most B.B. Warfield person I know is Anthony Butler. I gave it to him. I said, <laughs> I think you would enjoy this. Yes. And, and he's I been do. working his way through Go get him, B.B. Yes, I have date night with B.B. Warfield when I go out <laughs> So um, I have been reading it. This man it. needs a girlfriend. I'm just saying it. I'm <laughs> I, just saying it. I was uh, reading the book, and it was talking about uh, the word theopneustos in the Greek and how it means God breathed, breathed. as opposed to um, his opponents at that time were trying to say it was God breathed into by God mm-hmm. or God inspiring. Uh, and those concepts, I think, are very important. And, and perhaps we have a question about this since I don't want to go over myself. But I believe that the Bible is a direct revelation mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. God and that it is the human authors that are the organs or instruments of that revelation. So we don't believe in like a dictation like Muslims would believe. But we don't believe that it was just humans who yeah. were writing and then God came along and yeah. and then they became divine. It's yeah. a direct action from God. Yeah. So you believe in a, um, you know, Anthony's not on staff, although it'd be kind of fun if he was. <laughs> but Anthony, you know, is, uh, you might not know who Anthony is, but he's been a part of our church for a long time, kind of was in our college ministry and, and now can just continues to be even a part of our teaching team in, in, in some respects. My wife uh, uh, really enjoys listening to you teach. We we probably wouldn't let you teach. <laughs> no, but I'm serious. I mean, yeah. it's 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 not like we don't like competing ideas. Mm-hmm. So you know, but we're not going to give you uh, a platform to speak from if you mm-hmm. don't believe that the Bible is more than illuminating, mm-hmm. but is in fact the act of God yes. in in human authors. So, and I also like the distinction that you made about we don't believe in in uh, uh, in dictation, meaning they're not mindless mm-hmm. instruments. But there is a an, an engagement by God, uh, an overriding protection mm-hmm. even of the material by God. But it is using humans to do it. Mm-hmm. Justin, so you want to jump in? I'm. I think of the entirety of the scriptures. There's many who might like to pick and choose mm-hmm. what they like. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of a, a Marcion idea where you rip out what you don't mm-hmm. and you take what you like, and we then become the authority yes. of the text. Right, but we hold to that the entirety of the scriptures is the very word of God, mm-hmm. and therefore the entirety of the scriptures is authoritative for us and for the church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that means, yeah. No, I was just going to say, no, but no, I want, I want you to finish your thought. I, I, want, I want somebody to go back real quickly, because we say these names and then we don't really deal with them. Mm-hmm. So we don't want to be Marcion-like. Like, yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah. How, uh, many, how many people that are listening, <laughs> sure. maybe they might have even heard it say that. We always yeah. talk about that. So yeah. who wants to give a shot at Marcion? Marcion was a second century heretic. heretic. Yeah. <laughs> I got the Anthony word in there. Um, what he did is he did not like uh, either miraculous or Jewish things. <laughs> he was and the Thomas so, Jefferson of his age. Yes, <laughs> he was an early Thomas Jefferson. So what he did is he took, particularly the New Testament canon, and excised from it anything that was too Jewish mm-hmm. or too fanciful mm-hmm. to believe and ended up with 
some slivers of Luke's gospel and a couple of Paul's letters. And he had he had a really redacted canon, which mm-hmm. means he he marked out edited. he edited out what he didn't like. And and I actually wrote a paper in uh, in grad school years ago on how much the church is indebted to his error because <laughs> it forced us to establish a canon or to recognize a canon. I think the canon was already established, but it forced the church to say, hmm, that guy's doing something terrible. We should come out with a formal statement. And there, that's when you start to have the development of official lists of New Testament mm-hmm. books. Yeah. So when Justin accuses someone of being a Marcion, it's selectively choosing what, yeah. what of God's words you like. Marcion was such a rank heretic that for like the next 800 years, everyone had to write a book against Marcion. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's one of my favorite. I, I, might, I feel like if I ever do write a book, just just, just keep in line with church history, <laughs> my first book will be titled Against, against Marcion. Marcion. It would be appropriate. <laughs> so if so, the Bible is authoritative, yeah. that means it's to be believed. Mm-hmm. So this go- comes back to some one of my favorite church documents, the Chicago Statement oh, on yes. Biblical Inerrancy. Yes. Um, it's to be believed. It's to be obeyed mm-hmm. and it's to be embraced, and you know, then within that to be taught. Okay, yes. yep. and so all of those things are true. If this is the word of God, we have yep. to we have to believe it ourselves. We yep. have to obey it. It's not be not just this um, a great book for our mental exercise, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that's and a readily accessible and easily easily read document, the Chicago Statement, and. We jumped from second century to <laughs> mid 1900. So, mm-hmm. where did the Chicago Statement come from? Because I think that that's actually something that's worth. If you're listening and you're like, yeah. I really want to know what these guys are talking about," that is a very accessible document that you can find online. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and I, again, I'm, I'm I'm thinking about a million things. First of all, the text that Anthony is reminding us of is the Second Timothy three sixteen, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. which says that all Scripture is breathed out by God. Um, and so we believe that the Bible is not inspiring or was inspiring towards God, but God acting yes. in. And so that's kind of what, what Anthony was describing. And now all of a sudden we're talking not just about the inspiration of Scripture, but we're talking about its nature being inerrant, mm-hmm. right? And so that definitely is a, a, a development that happened over a long period of times as there was through the Enlightenment um, coming out of not just the Renaissance, but uh, then as the implications of the Renaissance and the Enlightenment um, were were kind of working through Western thought, um, they began to question it. It can you can it's it's, it's hard to really trace back to its beginnings, um, but all of a sudden they begin to see it more. I like to put it on the spectrum. Um, obviously, almost everybody believes. You know the God component. A God. If you if you are a if you believe in God, mm-hmm. you believe there's a God component. Now whether he's like almost completely passive and it's just inspiring men and women thinking about God, virtually men thinking <laughs> about God, um, or if you think it is um, you know God basically taking over the mind of a writer and making him write every word in order. Mm-hmm. Those are the two spectrums. Mm-hmm. How much of it is God and how much of it is 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 humanity. But then after it's done and we have this text, the question becomes how reliable is it, i.e., not just that we should follow it, but do we follow it because it's true? Mm-hmm. Mm. And so that becomes the second major question. Mm-hmm. And so now we're talking about, in two words, I'll let you guys define uh, to the best of your ability, uh, is infallibility mm-hmm. and then inerrant. Mm-hmm. And does somebody want to take a run at one or both of those? Sure. Inerrant, not able to make an error. Mm-hmm. So this this word that we have... and. Technically, we would say the autographs that we have 
Yeah. And define autograph. Autograph being the original documents which were written down and then passed down through the church. And, and we have how many of those? We have approximately zero. <laughs> approximately. <laughs> approximately. Well, approximately yeah, we don't have zero. anything that goes quite back that right. old. We have some that get, I mean, it's interesting that. Some uh, copies of John get Copies cl- of John get close. really As crazy As we go close. out, we're getting closer. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's true, true too. Yeah. Um, and so, so inerrant without error. Asterisk, that would make some people pause mm-hmm. and be very nervous. As I've studied those things and tried to understand if the Bible is reliable in the translations we have, I have become more yes. of a fan, more of an adherent, more of a follower, more of a obedient yeah. disciple to yeah. God and his word because yeah. I've trusted in the reliability mm-hmm. even of the translations mm-hmm. that we We've have. said this before. Archaeology is one of the Christians' best friends. It really is. As, as time goes on, as they find older and older documents, the text we have is just left and right affirmed yes yes so inerrant without error and then infallible anybody want to take a shot at that one it's infallibility is talking about its binding authority right Mm -hmm. so like you have this was a huge Mm -hmm. issue for the reformation is that that binding authority for the roman catholic church which at that point they weren't roman but the roman catholic church was papal infallibility Mm -hmm. the infallibility of the church head yeah the the bishop of rome Mm -hmm. effectively um and the reformers said no if there is any unquestioning binding authority it's mm-hmm. we find that in the text not in this dude yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. and so that's and, and and actually infallible uh, the authority comes from the infallibility yes. and the infallibility is that there is no falsehood right. so and again i don't i'm not even asking you or our audience to kind of chase some of these terms but you'll hear us use them mm-hmm. and so it might not be bad to know that they're they're actually complicated terms mm-hmm. that have a rich history um, and so you'll meet people that'll talk about, I don't like the word inerrant because it's a complicated term. And so I like the word infallible. Okay. Um, I don't know if I like the word inerrant or infallible um, because they're complicated terms. And so I'm just going to use the word authoritative. And I can even say, okay. Sure. So in the end, is it authoritative because it's wrong or because it's right? Yeah. <laughs> the question and you so ask. So you're going you're gonna to keep coming back to some key ideas. The question you ask is, so are you saying you believe that there are errors? And yeah. that's where people get into really slippery mm-hmm. ground yeah. Um, yeah because if you start playing around with that that is such a slippery slope and dangerous toward the believer so and by that, errors well you know we are never talking about uh, you know uh, manuscript mm-hmm. errors we're never talking about that mm-hmm. we're not talking about errors in terms of like if there is somebody who is making a falsehood claim in the bible we're not saying that that is a true claim no 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 it's just, it's describing a lie that mm-hmm. is being told yeah. um, we're talking really kind of about the 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 trust that we can put in it keeps coming back to authority mm-hmm. and 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 the question uh, there's been some great guys that have done a lot of work on this even at the popular level and it, it keeps coming back to this linchpin of what do you do in terms of its authoritative nature how do you treat the Bible, no matter what you want to call it. And so when you say there are errors, I mean, you think of where this opens the door. Yeah, there are errors. Mm-hmm. Second question, where? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. And of and what, what nature? Kind. And yeah. of what kind? That's what I always try to ask people. Well, you know, the Bible's just full of all these And most of them don't know. Yeah. They're full of all these contradictions. Okay, can you please show me a passage where one of these contradict? Well... Let me get back to you. Okay. <laughs> uh, one thing I want to point yeah, out go ahead. is that the doctrines of in, uh, inerrancy and infallibility aren't new. A lot of people mm-hmm. will characterize the doctrine because it was officially stated 
in the last century, they'll say, well, that's a very new doctrine. Actually, uh, I don't know if it's appropriate to use his name, but he's deceiving people on campus. And um, his name is Dr. Wrighthand. And he was giving this presentation about homosexuality. Uh, we went with Morgan and a few people from oh, our yeah. church. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And one of these things, one of his arguments for why homosexuality was a thing in the church and should be embraced is that, well, the Bible, he had the more the scriptures are God-inspiring. Yeah. And he was saying, and the doctrine of inerrancy, the Bible doesn't teach it, and uh, it's a very new doctrine. It was invented in the last century. It's like, have you ever read Augustine or Hilary <laughs> of Poitiers or uh, Martin Luther? Yeah. It's like very clear that a, a lot of the, the issue is that people just assumed the infallibility of yes. inerrancy, yes. and they didn't have to defend it. That's yeah. a great point. That's well, and, a great point. And even as you were talking earlier as about, it, it comes back to trusting in the authority. Last night I was teaching on the, the sovereignty of God, and I, I had some some typical objections to the sovereignty of God, and, and number three was a, a mistrust in authority, mm -hmm. which is a, a, a wonderful new ethos of this age that yeah. Yeah. really, uh, you, could, you could not like authority you could disagree with authority but in the in the kind of the pre-modern pre-enlightenment world authority was just the water they swam mm -hmm. in and so they were very used to we've got to trust something right and and so it's in that context that the scriptures come down as authoritative and it's really important that we'll deal with this this fall on wednesdays it's really important that we as a society recognize what new assumptions we're bringing to the mm -hmm. text yeah and how that's yep. shaping our new way of describing an old doctrine as a new idea yeah. and therefore we dismiss it and it's not actually you have an authority problem mm -hmm. not a problem with the text i, I would I would challenge your reading of the text if you've done it at all. Well, and you know, I'll, I'll tell you the part that I like what Anthony is describing is is that it's good to be honest that we have spoken about and articulated these ideas. Maybe even I would say more effectively or more uh, more succinctly or more comprehensively. Like however you want to look at it, we we've had these conversations when when the question comes up. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, to then consider that to be therefore a new idea mm -hmm. yeah. is very very very. I, uh, I like to word it, it is more of a new emphasis because of contemporary yeah. questions. Yeah. Just, Not a new idea, new emphasis. Just like the definition of the doctrine of the Trinity. And yes. I always go back to that when people try to – there are many things where, like, people say, well, people haven't used the term homosexuality mm -hmm. until – well, the concept was there. The word <laughs> – people the word. knew the concept yeah. for yeah. a long time. And so if you believe in the doctrine of the Trinity, that whole argument just falls apart because – we believe that people believe the doctrine of the Trinity for hundreds of years before it was defined as dogma. Yeah. In the and substitutionary atonement. Mm -hmm. I mean, is, Even is the deity of Jesus? The yeah. deity of Jesus is 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 discussed and articulated, and we're I mean, and we're dealing with big topics, right? Yeah. Like, think about everything that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. We are talking about some very complicated ideas. And so obviously there's going to be growth and development and expansion and contraction sure. mm -hmm. even, right? If we overstate something in terms of how God, the divine, and human, his creation, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. At, at the incarnation, what happens there is going to be discussed and redefined and re-explained. Yeah. And man, when so-and-so when, when so said this, I think they overstated mm -hmm. this particular aspect. Mm -hmm. And so those mm -hmm. conversations are going to continue to happen. I, I would really encourage people that um, going back just to the text, so our beginning idea was that in the book of Acts, Paul is is is, is arguing from the scriptures, mm -hmm. and what's not happening is is that you don't have it within the Jewish synagogue, right? So within a faith community, you don't have people going. Why are you going there? 
Like, why are you going there? Like, they're not doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I used Ori, uh, who's been in this podcast, I used him as an example on Sunday morning. And it's interesting that even for him, some of his defense in terms of denying the mm-hmm. messiahship of Jesus is scripturally based, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. He, it's not like he's not using the scriptures. He, he may not even have the same full understanding that we have, but he even recognizes that there is something that comes back at this. Mm-hmm. And so what, what we're not saying is, is that when you believe the scriptures are authoritative, that we all kind of line up single file on the same on the same top yeah. we don't like it's it's there's still debate there's mm-hmm. still disagreement there's still argumentation there's still there's still falsehood mm-hmm. but we're all looking in the same direction and 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 that's definitely our our position well i i, I think our people what might be benefited by if somebody just kind of explaining um you know you talked about five different characteristics but what are some different positions that people have about the Bible so that they can either know that when their friend is talking to them, that their friend most likely then believes this about the Bible, mm-hmm. or even even self-identifying. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. One of the common ones is it's a holy book among many, yes. okay. or, or at least a religious book among many. It's it's to be revered, and it's, it's even worth reading. It has some really good insights, but ultimately... Therefore, that's going back to our word. It's not authoritative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it contains some truly wise teachings that people should adhere to and understand. But it's just one book among many, kind of like Christianity's one religion among many. It's one way. It's not the way. Yeah. So it's not the authority. It's a helpful thing. And I, and even if people don't believe that, or they wouldn't articulate that. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people have that subconscious belief mm-hmm. based on how they live and how they even talk about God mm-hmm. and his word. Oh, yeah. Because yep. it's being drilled into our heads uh, that yeah, you can't really make us. It's a back to the authority thing. You can't make a stand on anything. And another view I can think of is um, the traditional Roman Catholic view that's enshrined in the Council of Trent, which is that the Bible is a word of God, but it is not the sole word of God. So you need the Bible and you need tradition. And there, that, that falls under the umbrella of many different religions. Sure, so sure. Mormonism, you have the Bible and the Book of Mormon, Doctrines and Covenants, Pearl of Great Price. You have the uh, Seventh-day Adventist, the Bible and the writings of uh, what's it New World Translation uh, and yeah yeah yep and yep. so uh, there's a Bible and so the Bible's mm-hmm. good mm-hmm. it's from God uh, but we need some help yeah mm-hmm. some almost like an extra revelation mm-hmm. idea yeah um, this might be a subset of what Justin said but there's there are many who look at it as just a really good moral book mm-hmm. I, I know many uh, unbelievers who revere the Bible as the greatest literary work in history. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. And and particularly the King James. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> of course. Um, so we have that particular view of it. We have a, a, a more, I, I'd say I this think, is... I think the only time we ever say that is kind of like what we say about the Beatles or the Doors. <laughs> right? It's it's kind of like, I don't know if they're the best, but because they were I really like popular. I yeah, it's, I feel like I have to... <laughs> yeah. it's they like, sold oh, the yeah. most copies. So who doesn't love, oh yeah, the Doors are amazing. Really? I mean... It's I'm not a, saying they're 
I, I was we all just a, kind uh, of say that. I mean, when people give me that the Bible is this amazing book, I love to ask them why do you think it's so amazing? And mm-hmm. it's almost it's almost more of a mindless kudos. Yeah. yeah. At least I don't get real jazzed when people kind of chalk it up like that. I'm yeah. just kind of going, oh, you mean like the Doors? Okay. So this this <laughs> might this might sound weird, but I have a I have a copy of the Old Testament. Actually, several of us have a co- this copy of the Old Testament that was translated and notes were written mm. into annotated by an unbelieving linguist. Like he's he's not a Christian. So yeah. His name's Robert Alter, gifted translator, gifted linguist, and I have his copy of the Old Testament with his notes. In uh, in his introduction to the book of First Samuel, he says that Genesis and First Samuel are the two most beautiful literary works ever written. Wow. He said they're just they're masterful stories. And he doesn't believe him. But um, <laughs> but so anyway, we have that particular like that reverence for the beauty of sure, scripture sure, and, and what sure. you give. On the more conservative fundamental fundamentalist side, I see a a childish mm. approach to scripture hmm. that says it is what it is and we don't need to think much further than that. It's a really simplistic way of taking the Bible and ignoring the process of decontextualizing mm-hmm. a first century document and recontextualizing it into the 21st mm-hmm. century. It's a pick this up and whatever they're doing in Mark, I'm just going to drop it right here and we're going to take it at face value, which mm-hmm. sounds incredibly pious. Sure. And um, it, it just can't be done. Yeah. So there's, there's that. It, it, I'll, I've learned to joke that I believe the Bible is a magic book. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, a, there's a way of treating it like a magic book that is inappropriate and yeah. and does not do the the real work of interpretation and application. Yeah, and with that kind of fundamentalist worldview, you also get into what a uh, guy by the name of James White calls, instead of sola scriptura, you have solo scriptura. Yeah. Yeah. So you can just take out whichever passage you want and wield it like a club. Yeah. So so tell us, what what's the distinction yeah, between sola <laughs> and solo? Ah, well, sola refers to the scriptures alone being all of the scriptures, chota scriptura, so all of scripture and only scripture is the binding authority for the people of God. Yes. Solo scriptura is, it's the same word, but it's making an emphasis on basically being able to tear passages or focus on specific scriptures without any reference to anything else yeah. in the word of God. And also focuses on the issue of uh, private interpretation where mm-hmm. you really don't look to um, ancient fathers or just other believers to to see if you're balanced in how you're reading the scriptures it's just me and my bible under a tree and that's not really smart yeah so and 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 that's i I like how what we're saying is the bible provides this it it gives us this the authority and we keep coming back to that right because it's true Mm -hmm. um and and yet we're not trying to get rid of what thousands now of mm-hmm. years and even before that right you've got you've got people who have been writing about the nature of god it's just in the end what are we using as the as yeah. the as the measuring tape yeah. and we keep coming i mean literally the word canon mm-hmm. is the rule yes. or the measurement it's mm-hmm. the it's the standard mm-hmm. and so when we come back and we want to argue about what uh, what karl bart said or we want to argue what martin luther says i, I mean I, I this happens to me sometimes i'll listen to a new speaker i remember when i started listening to matt chandler for the first time years ago and i'm listening to him and everything he's saying i'm totally into and then i have to kind of stop and go okay wait a second this guy's not going to always be right. And he'd be the first to admit it. Mm-hmm. Fall in love with John Piper. Okay, but he's not going to always be right. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's the, that is the, uh, the guardrail, so to speak. That is the, uh, the, the kind of the, 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 the guideline that helps us realize, okay, we as humans 
are possible to err. Mm -hmm. We are possible to get it wrong. Yeah. And what is going to be the standard that's going to pull us back? Mm -hmm. and, the, and that's the Bible. Yeah, it reminds me of a debate I was watching between a Catholic and a Protestant. And the Catholic was trying to get the Protestant into this corner by saying, well, Martin Luther said this, and Martin Luther believed this. And he was like, okay, well, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> Martin Luther's not my pope. And the Catholic said, I'm very disturbed that you just think that you can come to the Bible and like just read it and that like he like there was no human authority like Martin Luther or John Calvin or some other third person that was standing over it's like yeah no Martin Luther was wrong there because this is what the Bible says mm -hmm. yeah. and yeah which is what Luther was trying to do what he was trying to create was this arena where people could come to the text as the ultimate authority the development through church history was always been a, mm -hmm. an attachment to the scriptures yes. as authoritative yes. but what the church started to do is say we have these people who have come before us who have interpreted and taught the scriptures and therefore it's hard for us to disconnect those things. So mm -hmm. we, we want to make almost monsters out of the Catholic Church mm -hmm. to say somehow they think the authority of the church is on par, tradition of the church is on par with the Bible. But think about it, right? <coughs> they, they're trying to trust their forefathers yeah. yeah. to yeah. help them interpret yeah. and teach and not just kind of create something new every few years mm -hmm. to pay, based on who's in charge, whatever. Yeah. Well, and that's, but, that's why it's good to realize we're not on different, we're not on completely different pages. We're on a different part of the same page, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yep. It's, a, it's a degree of emphasis. Right. And so there's the Bible, there's the traditions, and then there's reason. That has, yep. Those are kind of the three things that guide the church a bit, but we're trying to say the Bible is the ultimate authority, it's, right. or at least it's the foundation, yeah. and those other things are helpful, and, and we do use them, mm -hmm. and we should, yeah. but they're just not on par with the yeah. Bible. It's not a three-legged stool, it's an easel. Sure. And the Bible's the long one. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> We're, we'll we'll can I, can, that. Do we have time? Dude, I, I, literally, I don't think I've ever heard that illustration. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> except, except here's the thing. Okay, on, on that stool, because my stool is Word of God, People of God, Spirit, uh, Spirit of God, of God. Mm -hmm. and the the Spirit of God is the long leg. The long leg mm -hmm. on that one. Can I muddy? Because th this actually does get us into uh, something that, if we have time, I'd like to muddy the waters a bit. Oh, um, <laughs> You know what we should do is we should go back because I mean I'm I'm, I'm kind of listening you know and and I do this a little bit right I try to uh huh mm -hmm, mm, yeah uh huh so I do that a little bit listening to Anthony do it is awesome so what we need to do is we need to just we have need to, Steve we need some samples need, of Anthony's affirmations that we, he just played we, through our headphones make us feel good we need some B roll we need some B roll that's why I love when I love preaching when Anthony's in the audience or when oh, I'm he's, teaching he's a great hype he man he is just literally uh huh, uh -huh it's, the, yeah. it's the charismatic oh, in me yeah. I can't no it makes you really out. nervous when he's quiet oh <laughs> dang it I said something wrong when he's quiet oh, or, he's when, or when Drew Moss frowns at you and starts flipping through his bible <laughs> like, what did I just say <laughs> um, okay. well it's better than your wife just getting up and walking <laughs> um, okay so love you, babe. Uh, I was I was perusing through N.T. Wright's book, um, Scripture and the Authority of God, this morning, and he had a couple of quotes that I that I I'm just going to read one, but to set it up, he says it's very interesting that we. He's not arguing against the authority of Scripture. He's wanting us to qualify it really sure, precisely. Sure. Yeah, be specific. And he says this authoritative book says over and over that supreme authority belongs to God alone. Mm -hmm. 
mediated through the Son, mm-hmm. through Jesus. And so this this is what I'd like us to really be precise when we when we talk about this. So here's one one quote. He says, when we take the phrase, the authority of Scripture, out of its suitcase, meaning we take we stop using it as just this sl- this slang or this, this little phrase, and we actually, what does that mean? When we take it out of its suitcase, then we recognize that it can only have any Christian meaning if we are referring to Scripture's authority in a delegated or mediated sense from that which God himself possesses mm-hmm. and that which Jesus possesses as the risen Lord and Son of God, the mm-hmm. Emmanuel. It must mean, if it means anything Christian, the authority of God exercised through Scripture. Mm-hmm. Yes. The question then becomes, what might we mean by the authority of God or of Jesus, and what role does Scripture have within that? And then he, and, and where does the Spirit come into this mm-hmm, picture? Yeah. And so I thought that that was a really helpful way of, of summarizing. We don't believe there's anything magic about the pages that right. you have in your lap. Right. We believe that the authority of Scripture is delegated uh, is through the character of an authoritative, truthful God. Mm-hmm. And... and that might sound like splitting hairs, but it's it's a, a it's a world of difference. Then I can trust the inspiration of Scripture. Mm-hmm. Then I can trust the truthfulness of Scripture. Then I can trust all these qualities of Scripture because they're not rooted in documents preserved. They're not rooted in Paul's ability to discern what the Spirit's doing. They're rooted in the character of the real author. Yes. Yeah. You know? Is God true himself? Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? And then is God capable of communicating that truth to us? Yes. And if you believe that, mm-hmm. then though that's what that's what Anthony's describing in terms of the breath, mm-hmm. right? The 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 bringing the God action in, and so our love for the Word is so much more than a book. I love the Word because it points back to God. I love I trust the Word because it is His Word, mm-hmm. and so that's that's kind of what we're leaning into. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're not worshiping the Bible. This yes. isn't yes. bibliolatry. There's many who have studied the Bible as their vocation who don't actually have a relationship yep. with the one it's supposed to point to. Yeah, Robert right? Alter. That's just that's just true. And so it's not like somehow you open this book and all of a sudden everything yep. comes clear, mm-hmm. like the Matrix. No, actually it's the Holy Spirit, the yes. one who is the ultimate divine author of this word that illuminates it within us. That's and right. it has First this, this grace gift by God that, that makes this connection. Right. Oh, that's why um, the Westminster Shorter Catechism, when it says, how does it appear that the Bible is the word of God? The last, it says, um, the heavenliness of its a doctrine, the unity of its parts, its power to convert sinners. But one will never believe those things until the Holy Spirit convicts them to do it. <laughs> and so I think that's a very important thing that we ought to stress. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, that is that is good. Um we're not going to be able to do everything in this podcast because um, here's what I want to do. And so I'm going to kind of set this up to kind of give us a parameter that I want to I want to walk into for um, the next time we do. Th- Can you come back? Yeah. Oh, that was very loud. I'm sorry. <laughs> you want to hear really loud. Just listen to Jim Johnson. That guy does not have like a, a mute button or a volume dial. No, he doesn't. I feel, feel bad for my wife. <laughs> well, she chose you, so. Yeah. That's true. I don't feel bad for my wife. She's a lucky woman. She is blessed. And there it is. She is blessed. Okay. Um, but here's what I want to do is I, I want to come back and I want to say, yeah, but what about, and I'm going to come up with a list. And if you're listening and you want us to, we'll, we'll give you, we'll give you, you have until Tuesday. So this is going to get out today, right? Yeah. So we're going to put it out today. Um, and we're going to give we're you We're making promises few, for just, Steve at yeah. this point. 
<laughs> but we'll give you a few days. So I'm going to really try to encourage our people. We'll, we'll try to get it out there. So if, if there's something that you want us to, to discuss, then get get a hold of us ASAP. Um, I think we can come up with most of the, the kind of the, yeah, but what about, right? What about evolution? What about um, uh, the, the manuscripts? What about? So we'll go into the, some of those specifics. But in our last few moments, uh, 10 minutes, here, here's what I want to ask you guys. Like, where have you been at least challenged or stretched? Mm. Like, you guys all seem so confident, and, and I love what Ryan said earlier. I'm, I'm so glad Anthony's here because I want someone with even more firm convictions than myself <laughs> talking, and I, 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 I amen to that. Um, but where have you kind of went, okay, listen, like, I, I still really believe everything I just said, but no, I, I get it. I get what Robert Alter is saying. Mm-hmm. I get the questions that people are asking it's not like it's not like i've put my head in the sand on these issues mm-hmm. so where are some where are some points of of the the nature of bible that really make you go huh one argument that i've heard a lot from unbelieving friends and coworkers of mine has been the argument of translation so the bible did not come to us in english it's uh, hebrew aramaic, aramaic uh, greek and so the sufficiency of <clears throat> using ordinary means of translation and whether I, when I'm reading my Bible in English, can actually understand mm-hmm. or actually get someone who uh, cannot read Greek to understand what the Bible is saying, that recently has just been something that has really been go- – and I, be- I absolutely believe we can, but sure. there are lots of people who just – the it kind of pounds on your mind and you yeah. you have to kind of defend that in your thoughts and so that's one of one of my um one of my gripes right now no I, I i appreciate that i was i'm teaching revelation tuesday morning and a guy asked me hey listen like what what do i do if i don't know hebrew or greek and i told him work at a disadvantage for the rest of your life i mean and it, here i'm not trying to create any kind of exclusivity it's mm-hmm. it's not about that but just like everything else yeah. if you don't know the language can you practice medicine made, without learning a lot of latin terms mm-hmm. no but i can eat i can eat well i can i can function but mm-hmm. i need an expert to really kind of help take me the understand. medicine the doctors tell me to take mm-hmm. yeah I, I can trust them. those that do yeah. know their Latin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like if you're going to be a chemist, you're going to have to learn the periodic chart of the elements. Well, what if I don't want to learn it? Well, yeah, then you're not going to be – Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's, 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 so it's good you back to – You do not have to, to worry about being a chemist then. <laughs> <laughs> you will never get that far. <laughs> okay, so translation stuff. What else? The two I think of, um, one actually has to do with some of the content of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I start to think about – what the future holds according to the scriptures for a human (laughs) that's hard for my mind to comprehend and it should be because it's not a reality that i've ever experienced i'm truly trusting um the word at that point yeah and it's hard for me to think that i have an existence beyond me Mm -hmm. taking my final breath on this earth that's just hard to comprehend and yet i trust it Mm. Um, the second comes from my beginnings i've always actually i don't remember a time in my life i did not believe the bible no time that in, in my life. And yet, the Bible didn't hold an authority on me until I was 20 years old. And so I think there are a lot of people like me out there who um, may give word lip service to the fact that the Bible is what it is that we would agree with, and yet they don't think it's necessary for them. Mm-hmm. And they, they prove that by the way that they live and don't orient their lives around Jesus and his word and make it their prerogative to 
dive into the scriptures and let themselves be changed by the word and the spirit coming within them. What 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 takes you to the mat? Um, there's a there's a, an increasing wave going on these days of trying to reconcile um, natural sciences mm-hmm. and the scriptures. Um, there's a lot of publishing going on trying to deal with how do how do the you know DNA studies inform our understanding of evolution and how does that pair with Genesis and Romans and this, that, and the other. And I appreciate a, a lot of the work that's being done in these wor- in these areas, you know, geological findings and whether we're studying the, the constitution of humanity and how does that jive with scripture. I really appreciate the attempt to have a bit of a, a peaceable way of interacting and trying to come to some conclusions. Mm-hmm. My concern is that in even some of the best treatments I've seen, there are um, from the like the theological side. It mm-hmm. seems like we're having to make uh, more concessions than yeah. I think are appropriate. Yeah. Particularly, like there's a, a really great book called um, uh, the, the Bible, the Genome Project. Was yeah, it? Yeah, 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 the Human yeah, Genome. Yeah. So they're working from the Human Genome Project, but um, it's a it's a geneticist working with a theologian. Adam in the genome. Adam in the genome. Scott McKnight. And so Scott McKnight is a is a theologian um, who's writing with this this geneticist and i'm not a geneticist i i, I read his his stuff and i'm like man that seems good <laughs> I, I wouldn't know how to question this yeah mm-hmm. but it yeah. seems right i can play in scott mcknight's world mm-hmm. and when he's trying to to harmonize yeah. particularly the 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 genesis narratives and romans 5 mm-hmm. with the findings of and, and come to like this support of theistic evolution um i i just man but you didn't treat Romans 5 yeah. very well. You mm-hmm. didn't treat Romans 5 as if it was an authority. Mm-hmm. You treated it as if it was a science project. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're playing by the geneticist rules in a theological context. And so uh, that this is, I, I appreciate the effort, but um, I, I, as I look through these, these resources, I'm always worried that, am I starting to kind of play by their rules too? Am I going to concede too much and find myself kind of downplaying the authority and the truthfulness of scripture? Yeah. Mm-hmm. My one that I keep coming back to, I mean, I think I can share what you guys are describing, but then the one I keep coming back to is the more I study, even in the original languages, and the more that um, I have to move beyond probably the simplicity of Moses wrote this, mm-hmm. like Moses didn't write it, then also in with the help of oral traditions that had been passed down yeah. that have. So Same you, thing with Isaiah. Criti- so I, yeah, Isaiah. So source criticism, which is a very technical term, mm-hmm. um, describing a way of, of, uh, of studying the scriptures, kind of to see behind um, what we might call the human author at the time of the writing in terms of the sources that were used to compile the information. Mm-hmm. So at some level, Luke says, I'm a source critic critic, right? I'm pulling together material so that I can, he says that, Mm -hmm. right? The beginning of Luke, read Luke 1, 1 through 4, and you'll see Luke saying, that's what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. The more that I look at those and the more that I begin to study those or the more that I can 
I when I can begin to discern the difference between the way um, uh, the, the way the Gospel of John is for many of its chapters, and then the last one's a little bit different, um, and it really begins to make me go, how do I explain mm. the similarities and differences between Matthew, Mark, and Luke, where there are sections of it that are almost copied verbatim from each other, and then and then there there are, are times it's not, yeah. and so there's are some that use those to then verify, yeah, see, this is a human book. Mm-hmm. These are human authors. There's a famous theory known as the JEDP theory uh, in terms of the particularly the Pentateuch, the first mm-hmm. five books of the Old Testament, um, which is interesting because that was a theory that was developed hundreds of years ago, hundred, few, a little over a hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and now it's falling on hard times mm-hmm. as a very incomplete way of explaining the problems. So when I'm in grad school, we, we learned how to critique it and, and to even value it where, where it might have some truth. And it's fascinating to watch how that just has disappeared. Boltmann, (laughs) his critique of the Gospels has been been both the flavor of the month and is now passe Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of critiquing the similarities and differences within the the miracle accounts and and, and different things of the teachings of Jesus. I find that fascinating. And when I look into it, it really makes um, makes me wonder that if my overly simple understanding that Matthew wrote Matthew probably needs to be checked. I can't get out of 2 Timothy 3.16, that all scriptures God breathed. I can't get out of there. I really mm-hmm. can't. Um, but I do I, I do pursue tough questions. I mean, I think we would all do this. We we pursue them. Um, and then I, I think it'd be fair to say, and, and kind of as we wrap this up, uh, for this episode anyway, um, but we, we, we there's nothing that has been given to us that makes us question the authority mm-hmm. of the scriptures in terms of how that is at its core. Um, and that's actually what we share. That's why we're brothers, yeah. so to speak. You know, that's that's the big thing. I would also say this, that on every, go back and listen to this again. And when we were describing different positions, every position can be described as, so is it is it false and with error mm-hmm. or not false and without error? Mm-hmm. Like every one of them. That's ah, a book written by people. Okay, so it's false. It can be false. Yeah. Okay, good. So it's a book that's written by God, that's trusted by... Yeah, okay, so it's not false. No. So every position literally hits a watershed moment, and you just have to ask this question. Do you believe the Bible has errors? Mm-hmm. If it does, you will you will interpret it and apply it yep. and treat it authoritative-ish. And then if you believe it doesn't, you should at least believe it has full authority. Yes. So we're going to uh, pull some ideas together, and we're going to come back into the studio, and uh, we're going to do a part two to this, doing the, hey, what about, hey, what about, hey, what about. We hope this has been a blessing and uh, a challenge to you. Um, always reach out to us. If we've said something that has um, uh, in any way, shape, or form caused you to think further, as we say every Sunday, um, we would love to consider or to continue this faith conversation. So reach out to us, and we will talk to you. We love you guys, and uh, we'll we'll uh, talk to you next time we get in the studio.